Hello, I'm Johnny Flores, host of Creativity Speaks, a podcast to champion and inspire creativity in Sacramento. Our live events feature conversations with two speakers from diverse backgrounds, offering their unique perspectives on a topic. The first event takes place Thursday, February 20th at 5.30 p.m. inside Urban Roots Brewing and Smokehouse. The topic for the night will be fear. Our guest speakers are Marin Conrad and Rob Archie. Tickets are available by going to kavinthecreatives.org forward slash calendar and clicking on the event you want to attend. In this episode, I chat with Rob Archie. He's the owner of Pangea Beer Cafe in Curtis Park and the co-owner and co-founder of Urban Roots Brewing and Smokehouse, which will celebrate its second year in 2020. Rob and I recorded our conversation inside Urban Roots. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in sponsoring our podcast or our live events, please go to our contact page at kavinthecreatives.org. All right, so welcome back to the Creativity Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Flores, and I'm sitting down with Rob Archie, co-founder, co-owner of Urban Roots Brewing. Yes, sir. And you guys opened in May of 2018. Yes. So we're just short of the two-year anniversary. Two-year anniversary, yeah. What propelled you into starting a brewery? <laughs> I've been in the beer for a long time. I mean, I uh, opened Pangea in 2008. Oh, okay. So that's okay. going to be 12 years old this year. Well, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know, Pangea was, uh, I mean, definitely was a place that was just uh, inspired by traveling. And um, once I got turned on to great beer, it was over. It was just like, I just want to share this. And Pangea was basically that platform to do that. So it's like traveling back and forth to Belgium and had you had a history in the restaurant business and brewery business prior to Pangea? Yeah, I, I had actually a deep history. I had like two months of like Red Lobster busting tables. <laughs> <laughs> with the buttery biscuits. Or, it, ooh, the with, biscuits are hella good. Yeah, that's, uh, I've never been in a Red Lobster, but I, that's Dude, I the, made myself sick off them biscuits. <laughs> Keep doing I, it. I had friends in high school who uh, worked at a Sizzler where we yeah, were, yeah. near where our high school was at. And they have like a garlic bread thing there. And right. that's they they'd steal that stuff just by the back, like garbage bags just full of this bread yeah. and take it back. And, you know, we'd eat that at lunch. And Dude, you just snack on those biscuits the cheddar whole biscuits, shift. Right? Cheddar biscuits, right? Cheddar biscuits. All, cheddar all Bay biscuits. shift long, man. <laughs> Stuffed. Yeah. No, that, that's all the experience I had, man. Really? I mean, no, I didn't have uh, – it was no experience. I mean, open Pangea, like bottom of the economy – Wife, eight months pregnant, wow. taking orders. I'm making sandwiches, and I just had an idea. I mean, I was inspired, like, by, you know, being in – I lived in Rome for about a year, and it was like seeing the third places there, like the, the pubs, the cafes, and The neighborhood bars, joints. Just the number, yeah, it was like that was just what was inspiring to me, man. So it was like that was what – the soul of Pangea, you know? But yeah, it was just like that. That ended up being like the platform to just like share it with friends and neighbors, and and then it just started growing and growing from there. So you and Marin, who are the two speakers for the February twentieth speaker series, are both going to be speaking about fear. That's a lot. Unborn child, yeah, starting a business during one of the second worst economical environment since yeah. the Great Depression. What fear were you dealing with at that time? Well, I mean, I think that, I mean, all the time, man, I mean, whether you're, no matter what you're doing, you're always dealing with fear, you know, it's, um, and I think a little bit of fear is always, it's healthy, you know, I was talking about this like a week ago, it's self-preservation, you know, fear, mm -hmm. fight or flight, right? But then, you know, there's, there's a uh, aspect where it become overwhelming, where it can be paralyzing, 
you know, and that's just what it's basically the long winded way to say that, like, I got to a point to where it's not really so much about fear, but it's like, what are you living for? Mm. You know, so it came to a time to where it's like, what do I really want to do? You know, and, and a big part of it was owning my own time, you know, and and not feeling like I'm on someone else's time. You know, that's what I live for. And, and the thought of having children, it was like, I want them to see me do what I do every day. You know, I want the freedom for them to come in and just see dad working. And like being happy just about being, what you're doing. Just, just passionate about what yeah. I do. You know, I was able to go on the truck. My dad had a trucking company when I was growing up. And so as a, you know, five-year-old to seven-year-old, I'd go on the truck with him. That's and funny. we just worked. My my uh my dad's side of the family there was an aunt that had a trucking company and like all the boys from my dad's generation all drove those yeah. trucks at some point or another in their in their young. Dude, that was the first vehicle I ever learned to drive was a diesel. <laughs> and literally, I have to stare about me. Anyone's ever drove a diesel truck, you know the the clutch is powerful. Yeah. Like it's really hard. So I remember I used and to have to double stick. clutch too. Isn't yeah, it's it? like yeah. I had to stand up and like grip the wheel and like pull myself and like stand on the clutch <laughs> with like t- two feet. Put your weight behind the yeah. muscle too. And then shift it in the gear and then it like shoot me back into the seat. But it was <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, I mean, my dad, you know, he he subhauled for um, Adams Trucking was right outside of Wood in Woodland outside of Sacramento and you know he would he get paid on the load man you know so it's like you hustle, wake hustle, up hustle, early yeah. you get up and you hustle coming from a, a family of like entrepreneurs did your dad pass down any lessons about maybe not directly about controlling fear managing fear but anything that he learned from running his own business for so long that you saw and have you know uh, adapted into your own business and he taught me how to attack, do something about fear. You know, he taught me how to attack it. Like, you know, wake up and just do it. Like, you know, he's this type, you know, pull yourself up from your bootstraps. So it's kind of like, no matter what it was, it was like, just wake up and grind it out. He said, what am I living for? And so it's kind of like, that was definitely Pangea where I just got to a point to where I was just like, you know, no matter what, I want to be able to tell this story, share this experience, or at least I have this experience no matter what happens. So I never wrote a business plan for it. I never, I didn't come into it angled in any type of business way. It was just kind of, like I said, it was something that I just wanted to do. On a side note, the nachos at Pangea are so good. <laughs> Dude, that's a fifth. So you're kidding on some, so that's a, that's a fifth grade recipe. Really? Dude, I, I think every kid did it. Like you come home, you got some stale tortilla chips and you're like, you know what I'm saying? You got some cheese, you grate your block of cheese, you grate that shit on there. My sister and I used to do the, uh, uh, take a can of Rosarita beans, dump them there in a bowl, are. shred. Or I don't even know if we shredded cheese. Maybe we just threw some uh, some American cheese on yep. top, microwaved it for 30, 40 Boom. seconds, stirred it up, microwaved it for another 20 seconds, yep. and then ate it with, with some chips. That was that, our- That's how it came about was like, <laughs> dude, just melt cheese on it, and then you put some salsa on Like, you got some salsa, you put it on. You basically got to go through the cover, see what you got. But, I mean, it was kind of like we had an advantage because, like, we can order what we want, put whatever we want on it, right? So it's like my nephew was like, let's try some nacho cheese on top of the melted cheese. you like, oh, yeah. Right? Game changer. Game changer. <laughs> it was like, so, um, I, I mean, that, that's I how that it was. I that kid was up for a Nobel Peace Prize that Well, year. he's now he's now the executive chef of Urban Roots. So. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. I was talking to my nephew because we were kind of reflecting on our Urban Roots. And our, during our soft opening, a ton of people showed up. And, um, you know, they had systems ready, whatever, in the kitchen. 
and they just messed it all up. Like, anyway, it broke the system. <laughs> and, like, at that moment, it's like, what are you going to do with a restaurant of, like, 200 people? And it's, the system's broken. Well, it's like, you know, you do, like, what you do at home. You, like, stand up on the counter, thank everybody for coming, let them know that they did their job and broke the system, and we're going to put a buffet of food in the barrel room and everybody just go out and enjoy it like a house party, right? I mean... But that's the stuff that you just got to do yeah. when, you know, it's like when technology fails or whatever fails, it's like it's human instinct, man. And you got to and, and, and this that's why I do love the hospitality, the restaurant industries, because of the hospitality component to it. It's very instinctual. At the end of the day, this business is um, very intuitive. Um, it's it's um, innate to people. It's personal. You know, you're, people are digesting food. They're digesting beverage. They're, you're sharing it with people. And I think we're all just kind of built to know how to take care of people. It's instinct, you know? And so it's like whenever anything gets lost or systems get wrecked or overblown or too complicated, it's like go back to fundamentals of just hosting people. If we're throwing a party. Well, and like come host. from you telling that story too, Marin told a similar experience when I spoke with her in the last episode where – it's a willingness also to look foolish, like to get up and like admit to your mistakes and embarrassments and say, hey, look, everything's broken in the back. So guess what? We're just going to bring everything out, guys. We still want you to enjoy totally. the food. Sorry for the mistake. Here's your food. Just buffet style it. That's one thing that I, I've, I've discovered in being in the creative realm is people who are willing to look foolish and make mistakes learn from those and then they don't repeat them. Well, I'll say this vulnerability to me is the key ingredient for relationships and and why i say that is that so early days of pangea you know first of all we're selling beers that we're importing from belgium all over the world and and some in the united states and there's names that even we can't pronounce you know it's much less guests come in and they're like i want this and they can't and so right then like it's like does the guest like they they don't want to mispronounce it, but it's like it's up to us to let them know it's okay. Let them know it's okay. Yeah, we it's don't fine. know either. Like, what do you like? <laughs> and then it comes down to just what do you like? What flavors do you like? Yeah. And and you know just relate to them on a very simple level, and then it's like once again it just gets back to just sharing, and that's the vulnerability that I would always try to um, instill in our team is like that's where the connection comes, is admitting your shortcomings or admitting where your limitations are and meet there or seeing where the guest limitations is are meeting there. It's not about up and, you know, and that's why I love beer culture too. It's just about, you know, what are they? Yeah. It's just, it's just about relationships. It's mm -hmm. great. Getting back to the, to the topic of fear, getting over that vulnerability or, or opening up yourself up to vulnerability Right. The other day I was in a meeting where uh, an, elder, an older gentleman had brought up um, someone who was a drag queen. Mm -hmm. And he said, he, and then corrected himself and then said, is it she? Should I use she as the pronoun? I'm not really sure what the correct mm -hmm. pronoun is, but, and then yeah. went back to talking about the person. And I could feel attention ripple through mm -hmm. some of the people and uh and it's like yeah maybe he didn't get the pronoun correct but he is at least aware of it and and apologized and and 
you know, and said, like, I, I, I'm still learning this. I'm sorry. Right. And uh, I, I, I think that was a great moment yeah. of vulnerability and getting over the fear of being wrong and apologizing in front of a public setting um, and, and allowing people to be like, hey, OK, yeah. You know what? Yeah. He, it wasn't intentional. He wasn't trying to hurt someone. He just didn't know and was aware of not knowing. Well, timing is everything. Look, it, I grew up in the 80s. In the 80s, it was different. Time was different. You know, I listened to my grandma talk. Yeah. That time was different. We, we've learned more, you know? And so therefore, it's like we have to continue to learn and, and get better. But also with that, we have to um, give people grace in that curve of learning. And it's like right now with social media, it can happen instantaneously, right? It's like someone makes a comment and it's like, boom, on them. Yeah. Bad, you know, and you got like this cancel culture, right? Yeah. And yeah. Th this is a thing where it gets, you know, gets very, it's dangerous, you know, because the, the reason why I say that, I guess, is that I, it, to me, it's always up. I always look to myself to do my part and always have to center my place to come from a genuine place and to continue to learn. And I just hope that others will give me grace doing that. And that, that, I mean, our businesses with that, Pangea didn't know nothing. Like I said, I had no experience. So I was making fundamental errors all the time. So I needed grace from guests and, and, and also and teammates and yeah. everyone, right? And that's how we learned, right? But it's about, it's not just making the same mistakes. It's continuing to grow and learn. And that's what's cool about this culture is that it's connected more. And so now all of a sudden, the thing that you used to dehumanize and just say with this dehumanizing language is now a human and it's like you need to be accountable for what comes out of your mouth and that's cool but once again it doesn't come without effort it doesn't come without you know and so it's like people that you know don't get out of the side of their four walls much and they just want to stay comfortable and they still want to use the same language it's like <laughs> this is a tough day for them bro yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm yeah. saying it's like are, times are changing times are changing man yeah. and it's like and it's a good thing but it's not easy you know, so it's uh, it's it's interesting, man. With opening up Urban Roots, what lessons did you learn from Pangea that made this a little bit, I don't know if easier is the correct word, but uh, maybe less problematic? Well, going from a place like Pangea that you have like 20 employees, you know, or team members to over 50 and then two places which you learn real quick is delegation you know and really is is um team roles and that's what's really cool now is really empowering people in roles and you know like the accountability that comes with that the systems that come with that and that's something where like my roles change and so it's um you know really kind of having a foresight and like you said just putting people in the position to succeed how did you deal with any sort of internal fear of why well, i have to i have to give up some of my control and delegate responsibility to other people as team leaders or managers, brewers? It's just perspective, man. I mean, like, what the goal is here is just like knowing that, like, I have to trust this person. I gotta trust team members to do what they say they're gonna do. So then it just becomes about accountability and systems. And that's where you're, you know, you're constantly interacting and you're constantly, hold, you know, have systems that are holding roles accountable and people aren't just doing whatever and you have measuring sticks to outcomes. And that's where it's like a lot different than it was yesterday for me, you know, but that's kind of getting, like you say, getting over that fear, it's, it is trust, it's letting go. And you literally have to, 
you and and to be honest man Dude, they do it better than you, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... I mean, you know what I'm saying? They do it better. Like, really, when someone takes ownership of something and that's their sole focus, they 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 do a good job. Well, and, and a good leader or a good manager knows their – or biz, good business owner knows their weaknesses and, and that they should find people that are good at those things that you're, you're not so good at. Right. So any final thoughts or words that you would have to pass on, any wisdom to someone working in the creative realm or as a freelancer or a business owner about – fear or overcoming fear yeah man i mean you know I, so it was funny so like three weeks ago i was talking to uh some kids at juvenile hall and um you know we had a great we connected it was it was really powerful it was great and the kids are inspired they cooked some dishes for me and like you know they were they were all in at that time they're all in right explained it and uh, at the end uh, one of the captains was like, hey, you know, we want to thank you for coming out. And he told, talked to the kids. He's like, um, you know, if you guys stay out of trouble, you know, Rob told you right now he'll get you a job. And so make sure you stay out of trouble. And, you know, you, you there's work out there for you. And, you know, such, 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 such. And he's like, Rob, you got any words? And I was like, well, I'll rephrase that. I'll say, don't stay out of trouble. Stay inspired. Because if you're staying out of trouble is too low of a bar and it's fear-based, it's what do you want to do? You know, and what do you, it's like once I said at the start of the podcast is what are you living for? What's the goal? And if you're on that path, then you're already canceled out a lot of the other stuff, you know? And like, once again, what's the heart's desire? What do you want to do? How do you want to contribute? How do you want to connect? And that's what I would really say. I mean, because fear at the end of the day, um, you don't arrive at not being fearful. Right. It's something that daily you need to center yourself in various aspects of your life to get to a place to where you're inspired to go, you know, and um, for everyone, it's different, you know, but definitely for small business. It's like, you know, it's very that's why I have vision and being able to, you know, have goals and most more importantly, process. It's like, uh, Help create control those, those yeah, keep great habits, yeah. you know, keep have an identity. You know, like that's another thing I want to talk about at the talk is, um, you know, identity. It's a big thing, you know, which whatever you identify yourself as, a lot of actions follow that. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's like for the listeners, make sure you show up to the talk then. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. It should be really good. I'm excited. Thanks for your time, Rob. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to hearing the, the talk next week. Right on, man. Thanks for having me, man. Welcome. Thanks. Our live events and podcasts would not be possible without our wonderful group of volunteers. If you are interested in sponsoring this podcast or our live events, please go to our contact page at kavinthecreatives.org. Thanks for listening to Creativity Speaks.